0: Welcome to this episode of Finding the Future, where we interview thought leaders and innovators in land use and sustainability. I'm Bill Griffith. Recently, I had the chance to sit down with Jill Renslow and Kurt Hagen at Mall of America. They're the mall's two top managers for operations and future development. Not only did I want to understand what it takes to reopen the country's top tourist destination in the middle of a pandemic, I was really curious whether this difficult time for retail and entertainment venues would actually spur innovation. Jill Renslow is Senior Vice President of Business Development, and she thinks every day about how to assure tenants, shoppers, and employees that the country's largest mall is safe. Well,
1: just like many businesses, everything's been a challenge as there's been so many unknowns as we've reopened. And as soon as we closed our doors in mid-March, we were immediately looking at how can we reopen and what do we need to factor in to make sure guests feel safe when they re-enter our property. And it was really important to collaborate with other businesses in our industry, not only retail, but also entertainment. And that collaboration was important because we wanted to have consistency as we were reopening to make sure consumers felt safe. We learned a lot from essential retail right out of the gate to see the different safety parameters they were putting in place and then also made sure what made sense for our building, being five and a half million square feet, we knew we had the benefit of size on our side, but it was also making sure that people felt like it was a different environment when they walked in to make sure they knew that we took the time to make changes, to make them feel good. But consumer confidence is gonna take time. Everybody's on a different timeline of where their comfort level is, and we are gonna be patient with everybody and, and welcome them back when they're ready.
0: What would you say your traffic level is like right now?
1: We're about 50 to 60 percent of what we would typically see this time of year. As Mall of America looks at the cycles of our traffic throughout the year, the summer season, we were drastically impacted by the lack of tourism. We see a lot of visitors from out of state typically come to Mall of America to enjoy their family vacations. And with the travel industry impacted the way it was, we definitely had a hit with our tourism traffic. But as we transition now into the fall season, there's a lot more locals that come to visit Mall of America. And then as we ramp up into the holiday season, there's a good mix again with locals and tourists.
0: So you've never had a pandemic, but you had 9-11, you had the Great Recession. So you learned about local traffic you know, kind of the stay and drive traffic versus the the fly and shop traffic. So are you seeing that same dynamic where folks are coming, um, driving from Chicago or driving from other places?
1: Yeah, I'd say there's similarities definitely when there's an impact in the fly market that it will revert to driving, especially we've always had a very strong drive market, especially from the surrounding states in the Midwest. But what's great is you're also seeing people come from the coast. And just the need to go out and enjoy time with the family and vacations, we always need to have something to look forward to. And what's great is we have a very affordable getaway here in Minnesota. We're surrounded by 40-plus hotels, and we have other entertainment venues across Minnesota, and especially with the summer and the fall season, our beautiful outdoors. So there's a lot that we can package with Minnesota, and, you know, it's just— doubling down and really focusing on that local and the drive market as we continue through the year and as we plan towards 2021.
0: So you have all sorts of uh, protocols in place. They're typical, they're cleansing, distancing, all of that. What is the one thing that maybe surprised you that was key to reopening?
1: The key is to have that level of comfort and empathizing with the guests to understand where their comfort levels were. But it's also making sure you have things that are visible, but also those elements behind the scenes and working with our staff and especially with our tenants. And I think that consistency with our tenants has been really important because from a guest perspective, if you see signage in the common area or if it's in the tenant space or if it's in an attraction, you want to make sure that messaging is consistent. So I think not necessarily surprising, but a challenge to make sure that throughout our entire building that we have that level of consistency. We also, what's important is had innovation in that safety area, we partnered with Graco, which is a local paint spraying company and invented a sanitized sprayer through their paint product, and we're able to use that for our rides, as well as like our wheelchairs and our ECVs to quickly sanitize those elements and those areas so that we can turn things around and make it clean for our guests to enjoy.
0: So the amusement park is open. How's it going?
1: Nickelodeon Universe is open. We're only open at a limited capacity in Minnesota, Entertainment venues are limited to 250 people, so 25% up to 250. That's been a very limiting factor for us. We've been working with other large venues across the state and in, in trying to align on efforts to make adjustments to the state parameters right now because it's very challenging for us all to operate and make the numbers work. The positive component is we brought a lot of people back to work, and that was important for us, but we have so much space. We have a seven-acre theme park and only 250 people in there, you can imagine, it's like they have the whole place themselves. We have a lot of space and room to accommodate more guests. So we're very hopeful in the weeks and months to come that we'll have a little bit more openness to increasing that capacity opportunity.
0: The thing about Mall of America is you've always been an innovator. You're always on the front line of retail and and it's easy to see some of the things you've done, but let's talk about one of them that's really kind of piqued my interest, and that's the virtual shopping. How does that work, and is it working?
1: Well, if one thing we've recognized is that we're all shopping differently these days. When we were all at home and forced to shop online or curbside, it changed all of our perspectives of how we were going to shop and convenience. So we've actually been playing around with virtual shopping and live stream shopping for a little bit over a year now, but we've recently partnered with
0: Prior to COVID. Yeah,
1: we actually worked with a company last holiday season and just did some test drive with that to see if it was going to work. But this year with Pop Shops Live, we actually have our staff that hosts these episodes and allow us to bring the fun shopping experience of Mall of America into your home or wherever you conveniently want to shop off your mobile device. But it's really engaging and hopefully it allows that connection with guests that might not be ready to come back or the frequency of when people are connecting with us at the mall and it gives us a chance to feature different products and retailers in our property and you can imagine we're getting set for the holiday season and it's gonna be a really fun feature for us to be able to have virtual shopping for our guests as well as inviting them back into the property.
0: So I- I contact you and you set me up with a virtual shopper or how does that work?
1: So you actually download the app, so it's Pop Shops Live. There's a variety of different brands that are on that channel. So then you just look for Mall of America. And then we have upcoming shows that are listed through the schedule, and then you just chime in and engage with the host. The host can see you. As soon as you come in, they'll welcome you to the show and engage, and you can ask for specific products. They have a whole catalog of products that they're going to feature, but they will also do some personal shopping while they're active with the show at that time.
0: Well, congratulations on rolling that out.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and that's what's key right now. You have to try different things. It's about accelerating innovation and really seeing what's going to work with with shoppers, what they wanna engage with, what they're looking to buy, and also just finding the middle ground as far as of how you can build those relationships stronger and look to the future of what shopping's gonna be. That convergence of physical and digital is extremely important as we look at our strategy moving forward, and so far we're seeing great success.
0: Terrific, so this is the next topic. The community commons is one stroke of brilliance. I mean, (laughs) right time, right place, right idea. How How did it happen?
1: Yeah, I mean you nailed it. It's the right thing to do at the right time and that was what was important to us. We recognized the destruction and what was happening in Minneapolis and St. Paul on Memorial Weekend and immediately reached out to community leaders to figure out what could we do? How can we help? And so our hearts went out to that effort and we really wanted to make a difference. So it took us a few months to get everything lined up, but what resulted in those conversations was to create a collaborative retail environment for those businesses. So there was an application process. We had over 50 applications um, from businesses that were interested in this project. And we ended up selecting six team, a collaboration of businesses, not only from the neighborhoods of Minneapolis and St. Paul, but also recognizing what they were offering so that we could have a complementary mix of retail in the space, but also really listening to their stories and making sure that we were helping those with the greatest need. And just in early October, we opened up the store and it's been received so well. The businesses are just grateful to have the opportunity. They have free rent for the next six months at Mall of America and the opportunity to reach especially our holiday shoppers and just the vast variety of guests that come to Mall of America.
0: What happens in six months? So you're learning, you're thinking, and you, and you see that it could continue.
1: Absolutely. And what's great is a lot of the retailers that are in this space have had a dream to be at Mall of America. And that theme has been very consistent with many of them that they would have always wanted to be here. So whether or not they have their own space here in the future, or they continue to be in a collaborative work environment, a lot of them want to continue to rebuild in the original locations that they were in. But that look for expansion is important. And I just think that inspiration that they all have just flows through all of us. And it's really exciting. And, and that's what motivates all of us here at the mall to do what's right, and to really support the community in a time of need.
0: Kurt Hagen has developed over $500 million in new projects at Mall of America since he rejoined that team in 2006. That includes two hotels, the Radisson Blue and JW Marriott, an office building, and a new retail core. His job as Vice President of Development is to make sure that the project is always growing Evolving and adding new attractions.
2: So, you know, predictions for the future, and, and, you know, when will we return to normal? I, right. I think was the question, and I think it begs the question what is normal, right? Retail was transitioning before COVID. It's been transitioning for a few years with online shopping, with technology that's been introduced. The COVID impact obviously has had a devastating impact on our traffic, on our sales, on our, our tenants. And I think it's going to be a few years before we get to normal. So some of that's gonna transition and will result in fewer guests potentially coming to Mall of America. But on the other hand, we have the transition of retail malls in general, where I think a lot of B and C malls will be closing in the next few years. And when they close locally, where are those local guests going to shop, right? They're gonna come to Mall of America or the A malls that are remaining. So we'll pick up i think some on the on the local front and i think you know the tourists will come back it's just going to take time remember 9 11 that you mentioned earlier i remember myself i was you know traveling a lot in those days and it took me a long time before i got comfortable getting back on airplanes and traveling but but eventually i did and and now i don't think anything else about it And, and i think that's going to happen from the tourist standpoint So we will get back to a new normal, whatever that is. The makeup, I think, of of the guest is going to be changed. But I do believe the transition of retail, a lot of the retailers, I think, that currently maybe have six or eight stores in this market, they're gonna consolidate. There's a retail consolidation that's gonna happen, and they're gonna get down to two or three stores in this market. Well, we're gonna be one of those two or three stores, I think, remaining in this market, which again, will help to drive traffic to Mall of America as they exit some of these other malls.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I think retail has changed forever. I think when you look farther out in the future, it'll be stronger. I think it's hard to see past the clouds right now because there's such a challenging environment, but the retailers going into the pandemic that were strong and that have a really strong presence online and in the physical brick and mortar space will continue to get stronger. They are the leaders of the pack. They're the models that everyone's trying to follow. Those that were weaker going in are really struggling and they don't have the resources to innovate. They're they're hoping that property owners will help lead that way. And they're kind of grasping for help. So we are gonna see more retail close for sure. but. What's great is we're seeing new retail come to brick and mortar. We've seen a great trend with online brands come to brick and mortar, and we saw that pre-COVID, and we're going to continue to see that.
0: Talk about the uh, resilience of this model, because you're, the, the family that owns these properties had a Insight long before anybody else.
1: I would just say that the family ownership has always been extremely supportive on trying new things. I mean, they're visionaries and they had this vision from the very beginning of Mouth of America and for years beyond. And being able to give us that sounding board to work from as a management team to know that they have they support us on change and trying new things. And we're always going to be that property and the group that does lead with trying new things and seeing what consumers are gonna to react to. We do a lot of pilot projects here with a lot of technology companies, but we're always very careful that we don't lead with technology. We lead with the purpose and what we wanna drive change, whether it's the utility, the convenience, whatever we wanna to bring to the consumer, and then we find the technology to support that.
0: And Kurt, your your shiny new thing is always uh, some new phase or you know part of a phase or, you know, it takes years to kind of curate and, <laughs> and
2: <laughs> As we've and experienced yes. together now for 30 years, yes, it does. So how, how do
0: you keep that going? I mean, especially in this environment where everything's kind of a big question mark.
2: Yeah, so as you mentioned, new mega developments like the water park are years in the making, right? So. That entertainment component and these mega development components are part of the secret sauce. In addition to the innovation that that Jill was talking about and the things that we try in this building, it's adding entertainment components to attract new guests. The resilience that you were mentioning or asking about, a lot of that is driven by the entertainment component that's in this project that Guests can come here and experience something that they can't in a normal shopping mall or they can't by buying something online at Amazon. So we're always looking for ways to enhance the guest experience to give them something that they can't otherwise find online. So when this project was envisioned over 30 years ago now, it was always envisioned to be a 10 million square foot development. We're only halfway there. We've got, I think, 5.6 million square feet today. And we've, you know, working with you, Bill, we've got entitlement rights to another four and a half million square feet. (laughs) We've been working hard on trying to create those developments. And I think we've got some great ideas on what they're gonna be. You know, COVID was actually, you know, very much a setback as you know, we were, I believe, very close to getting the water park financed and theoretically would have been under construction starting this month is when it was scheduled to really start construction. And and so that's been set back, but it hasn't been canceled, right, it's not going away. I think COVID has really amplified the importance of diversification from all of America and entertainment from all of America. And I think the city's recognized that, we've recognized that, so it's not a a new concept, but I think that it's have added importance now that we bring these things forward and that we work on diversification from kind of our retail uh, makeup now to a model that is more diversified and has even more entertainment options. Much like the American Dream project that we opened last week, you know, that model is more of a 50-50 mix, retail, entertainment.
0: How's American Dream doing? It's open for a week.
1: Yeah, they've received a great response from the New Jersey market and, and, our, and the surrounding area, especially for the attractions. People were really excited to see Nickelodeon Universe reopen. The water park is open. They have miniature golf, the ice rink. Just a great opportunity for families to get out of the house and go have fun, again, in a large environment that's safe. They were able to open, I believe it was about 70 retailers already, with more opening each week as we approach the holiday season, so it was fantastic to see and it's just great to have our sister property open and to be able to collaborate and continue to learn as we move forward and to forge ahead as leaders in this industry.
2: No small feat. Yeah, thank you. You know, people are so cooped up, they're just looking for these entertainment outlets that they feel safe in and I think that's what they've created at American Dream. Capacity controls of 25% and a lot of precautionary measures are in place to keep people safe and to make them feel safe in the project. But we're looking forward to, as we are here, some of those capacity restrictions being lifted and being able to get more people in the project to experience it.
0: And, you know, maybe it's a a well-kept secret, but I'm not hearing about outbreaks.
1: I mean, the shopping center industry has been fantastic, everybody's been very safe, not hearing any outbreaks, and same with the entertainment industry. So from theme parks to amusement parks, I mean, you're not hearing it. And it's an industry that is so focused on safety. When you look at theme parks and attractions, that is the number one priority when you look at the rides and all the elements that take place. And so... We've really doubled down to make sure we went beyond our current protocols to make sure it's a safe environment.
2: I would argue it's it's much safer to come to our amusement park than to go to the grocery store or to go to Home Depot. right? We, we have more measures in place and capacity controls in place that we believe it is a very safe environment. I think our guests do as well. They're, we're maxing out the capacity, as limited as that is, but people want to come and they want to experience uh, the park and other attractions and, and we're hoping that we can get those restrictions loosened a little bit get some more people in here for the holidays
0: the state and the city have always been partners in this project and why should they continue to see that as an appropriate role for either the state or local government
2: well i think you know the covid impacts have again heightened the importance of Mall of America. I think the city's seeing that, I think the state's seeing that in terms of the revenues that are generated to the city, and the revenues are generated to the state. Mall of America generates about $134 million in taxes in 2019. The majority of those taxes, about 80 million of those taxes go to the state. So they, in many regards, in financial regards, they have a very vested interest in the success of Mall of America. They're counting on those revenues and they're seeing the impact of what happens when those revenues are not being generated, when, when the mall was closed. And, and I, Bloomington understands that, that was in a secret before COVID, but again, I think it's been heightened now with COVID, with the loss of tourism. You know, Bloomington is so dependent, not only on Mall of America, which makes up 10% of its property tax base, but also the traffic that it drives, the tourism that it drives that has, um, the, the city is very dependent on those liquor and lodging taxes that are generated from those throughout the city. So we've got to figure out how to work together to get Mall of America healthy again, and to keep it moving forward with future expansions, and to grow this asset that, that it is to the state, to the region, and to the city. So I think, you know, the public-private partnership is, is has always been strong, will continue to be strong and we'll look for ways that we can work together to restore this project to what it was doing in 2019 and and hopefully create even greater source of revenues for the state, for the city, through the expansions of phase two.
0: Everything you know, you both are seasoned professionals now in this retail business. Would you do it again? Or would you say, no way?
2: (laughs) I absolutely would. I love it, right? And part of that is just working with Triple Five, right? A company that really allows us to do things that we think can work and to be innovative, and they provide us the resources to do cutting-edge stuff. Where else can you build the largest water park in North America or, you know, what you see at American Dream? The sky's the limit on how they think and their willingness to allow us to push for those innovative ideas and those innovative developments and those mega developments. And there's, I can't think of another company in the country that I could be working for that I could do projects like that I work on. So absolutely, I love it. But for COVID and the little setback that we're going through right now, you know, we'll get past this.
1: Yeah, I would agree. If I knew, you know, when I was 20, what was gonna be possible with this career path, I would have signed up faster. Granted, I started as an intern, so I don't know if I could have started any earlier, (laughs) but it's been an awesome journey. Yes, this year has been hard, but I think these challenging times make us stronger as individuals and as organizations because we've had collaborations that we have never would have had before because of what has happened, and and it's opening up our eyes to explore new areas that we might not have looked at for years from now. So I'm super excited about where we're going, and I think, one thing that is so impactful in our careers here at Mall America is the fact that we get to see every day the impact of what we do and what we create. We get to interact with guests and we get to see the emotional reaction that they have when they visit our property. And there's not a lot of careers, paths that allow you to do that, but it's extremely rewarding to be able to see the reactions to what we do every single day.
0: As we wrapped up the interview, it became clear that Mall of America will continue to lead retail innovation well into the future. And that's probably for the same reason that they've succeeded in the past. That is, they are driven by their owners to push the boundaries of their business model, mixing shopping and entertainment and restaurants with virtual shopping and some of the top attractions in the country. Perhaps the most compelling indicator of future success is their care for the guest experience and their deep desire to create bridges to those working in the community to improve it for the benefit of all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding the Future. If you have a story about innovation in land use or sustainability, I'm ready to listen. I'm Bill Griffith.